Hi, I'm Molly Weinberg, and I'm a Philly-based lifestyle influencer who gives all the deets when it comes to wellness, travel, even entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Molly Weinberg Podcast, where I chat with experts ranging from gut health specialists to fashion icons and everything in between. I want to share all the specifics to help you live your best life. I'm not sparing any details. Yep, no questions are off limits. Every week, you will walk away from each episode feeling more motivated and more informed than before. Tune in weekly to the Molly Weinberg Podcast to never miss a beat. just take that stress. And that was, that's one thing that we really pride ourselves on at sleep shop is being able to take that stress and anxiety off of, off of the parents so that they can, can make it through this three hour cycle, can enjoy their baby, um, and, and get as much sleep and rest and predictability in the meantime. I cannot say enough how unbelievably life-changing it has been to have our sleep consultant, Alicia from sleep shop. Like, I would have gone absolutely insane if it weren't for her. And I bet Daniel would say the same. To this day, we still use Alicia. I text her whenever I have a question or update and she always has an answer. We have Ollie literally sleeping 12 plus hours a night, either seven to seven, seven to seven thirty, sometimes six to six, like whatever she is doing, let me tell you it is working and we are so grateful. For a little background, Alicia was once a nervous new mother, kind of how I was, and one who likes the schedule. So she researched ways to guide her daughter into a routine that worked for her family. Although many told her it was just luck that her daughter was sleeping well, she was able to apply many of the same techniques for her second child and guided him into a healthy sleep routine as well. Through her experience, Alicia understands that each child and family has different needs when it comes to creating a routine. She loves working with each baby on an individualized sleep plan that works for their family. I really don't have enough good words to say about Alicia. She is so sweet and so understanding, empathetic, smart, the list goes on. For anyone listening who is about to be a mom or maybe you have a two-month-old and you're struggling to get by, do yourself a favor and just send her a quick DM. I'm telling you, if you two align and you're able to work with her, you will never look back. So with that, get ready for one of my favorite recordings yet. I want to jump right in with you and take it to the time of actually connecting with Sleep Shop to begin. I have a very close friend and when I was visiting her every so often in Nashville, she was raving about this sleep program. And I was like, what is it? How does it work? And she's like, well, my consultant's name is Jess, but you can go on and you find other people, whoever works with you, whoever like clicks with you the best. And you go from there and they create custom schedules and help your baby sleep. I wouldn't be able to survive without it. And I was like, is that legit? Like, is she really, is this really changing her life the way she says it is? Anyway, I connected then, I found Jess and she was like, you would work so well with Alicia. I'm going to connect you two and you guys can take it from there. So that's how it all began, which is so cool that it came from Instagram. And I guess my very first question for you is how do you see moms transform their baby's sleep? Oh, wow. Now that is, that's a great question and a loaded question. And one of my favorite things on, in addition to, yes, seeing babies really thrive and consolidate sleep and become much happier babies because they're getting this really good restorative rest. On top of that, my favorite thing is seeing moms and dads 
build their confidence in themselves in knowing their babies, what their babies need when it comes to routine and sleep. And so one of my favorite things when I when I wrap a package and everybody's package is a different length depending on you know their goals and what um, what sleep challenges their baby was working on. But I tend to hear less and less from them as we get towards the end of the package. And that's my goal. My goal is always that, you know, you need me less as we're, as we're working our way through the package because you know what to do. And, um, you know, from working with me, uh, I try to give you as much information as I can. And when you're in the moment, you're, you're probably like, okay, but like, what time does his nap need to be? I, I asked you what time his nap needs to be. And I, I try to give like, okay here's why I'm saying that his nap needs to be moved up by 20 minutes or whatever that guidance is, is because the next time it happens, although I love working and talking with moms all throughout the day, my, my goal is to build your tool belt so that you know next time you're faced with a short nap and you don't know how to offer the next wake window or when their following nap should be that you're like, okay, I remember Alicia said that if they don't have a fully restorative nap, that they probably can't handle their typical wake window. And so my favorite thing is just watching families, you know, thrive, watching mom and dad's confidence, you know, go up, watching these babies getting restorative sleep and seeing the anxiety we all know as parents. The anxiety of being a parent, the stress around um, decision-making and doing what's best by our baby. At the end of the day, that's what everyone's trying to do. They're trying to do what's best by their baby. And so seeing that all come together with sleep, routine, um, well-rested parents, well-rested baby, confident parents, um, it, it's so fulfilling. It is, it's so fulfilling. And I, I come out at the end of it with friends um usually when i when i wrap packages like we're still talking beyond those because i want to know when your baby took their first steps and i want updated pictures and all that fun stuff because we really do when you're talking to someone so much throughout the weeks and months um you connect on a level and and moms that i get to know uh that i work with get to know my family and and vice versa and so it it truly is it's such i love the way you put it too like how do you see them transform it's it's truly something so special to be a part of and i'm so honored anytime that somebody reaches out to sleep shop and i know all the consultants feel the same way we are truly honored that you are asking us to come into your family life and 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 help guide you. And so, yeah, it truly, it's so rewarding and, and such a fun experience. That's so sweet. And it feels so genuine. Like I know working with you, how good it feels. So it's not just like the thought it's like really in action. Like it just, it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah. Okay. Let's, I guess, rewind. If someone is looking at sleep shop and comparing other places that help with yeah. sleeping with <laughs> your baby's sleep, um, what makes sleep shop different? Why would someone pick sleep shop over the rest? Okay. And, and I'll preface it by saying there are fantastic resources out there. There's, there's books and classes and all kinds of um, stuff that, that you can, and Instagram accounts, um, Pinterest boards about baby sleep. Not everywhere you turn, you can find something to do with baby sleep and routine. Uh, and, and there are great resources out there. It just really depends upon what you, where you are, what your goals are, what you find most helpful. And one of the things that I love about Sleep Shop and, and that really makes us unique is that we're working one-on-one -on -one with you and we are customizing the approach, the plan, and everything in between to what works 
for your family. And so we're getting to know your baby, your family. We're building a plan from scratch that is, is based upon your goals, where your baby is, what those goals are. I, I view our plans as like a bridge. It's a bridge from where your baby is and where you want them to be, um, what your hopes are. And so, and then we always are following what works best for your family. Everyone's work schedule is different. They have to start their days at different times. They have to end their evenings at different times. And so we really, they have, um, sometimes it's a first child we're working with. Sometimes it's a third and they have to balance toddler naps and, and all the things in between. So we're really taking a individual approach. And then the true value in, in working with Sleep Shop is that you have that one-on-one. -on -one. You are texting, you are calling, you are working in the moment. Um, and so in addition to that written plan, which is kind of like our guidebook that we're, that we're starting off and then, you know, we adjust those plans as we see what works best for your baby. And, and as we, as we, as they get older and we work through the different ages and stages. And so those are the main things that I would say make Sleep Shop unique um, and, and really work for each individual family is that we're meeting you where you're at and we're really getting to know you and you're getting that support uh, throughout the process because a lot of times you can read something. We read a book, right? And we're like, okay, that makes sense. And then we go to implement and we're like, okay, now I have three more questions and, and it doesn't always work out in a perfect scenario, although we wish it would. Um, they, they're babies, not robots. And so they throw us curveballs and they, they have developmental leaps and all the different things each day while we're working towards more predictability and, and more consistency. There's going to be off days. There's going to be um, changes. And so we work with you through those to help keep you on track um, to meet your goals. Going off of that, as soon as you were talking about, like, you might read something online, but it might not necessarily like, implement the best. I have such a good example for myself and Oliver because I have the Huckleberry app and I implemented, or I'm sorry, I inserted like the time that he took a nap. And it was right on the brink between maybe five months into six and his schedule changed per you <laughs> but huckleberry was recommending a specific nap time of like 30 minutes before yours so your wake window was longer than what huckleberry was recommending and i didn't even like compare the two i was just like okay assuming they're the same but they were not and i was putting ollie down for those huckleberry nap suggestions and he was not taking his naps and I, when i said it to you you're like how long is his wake window and i said maybe an hour an hour and ten you're like, yeah you want to stretch that to two hours or whatever it was at that time and i was like oh my gosh like that makes so much sense because that can happen all the time and another website remember i sent the screenshot and i was like hey this says an hour and a half wake window and you were like, you could try that, but he didn't receive that super well. So I recommend whatever it was, X, Y, Z. Absolutely. And I love the unlimited text and you have no idea. I think I said <laughs> this last time, but like, honestly, like being able to like have someone pretty much on call is the best feeling because when you're in those moments, you don't have time to pick up a book or to even like search through Google and try to find a reputable source. I just want like a definitive answer and someone who understands and having you is like the best. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I, the wake window thing's a really good example because, um, it's one of the most common questions that I get. What should my baby's wake window be at X weeks or X months? And so we, and I try on Instagram and I know the other consultants and, and all these different websites, they'll put out wake window charts and those are so helpful. But I say, this is your starting place. 
Um, so start here, but adjust for your baby. So I could be working with three different four month olds and they can all have different wake windows that works best for them because when we're looking at a baby, depending upon what week they're at, can can really, you know, we know four months is four weeks long. And so a baby who's freshly four months is going to be much different than a baby who's a week away from turning five months. And, and so really finding, and that was one difference that I saw the difference in my children was, you know, how their schedules differed based upon their age. And um, my son, who's my youngest, has had much higher sleep needs. He he was taking longer naps and had a lot higher total day sleep than my daughter needed. And so, you know, really seeing what works best for each individual baby is something that has the value of working one on one with us at Sleep Shop. If a mom is listening and maybe she did some type of sleep course or she had a consultant or read a bunch of books, whatever it meant, whatever it was, and she had her first child and it went well, and now she's pregnant with her second, do you recommend moms using sleep shop for a second, third, fourth baby? Or it's like, once you have a consultant one time, you're good for the rest. So the foundations that, that we work on with baby sleep and there, we narrow it down to about five are the same regardless of child. So we're going to be working on those same five foundations, but how babies are receptive to the implementation. And again, largely their wake windows, what their sleep needs are, what they find soothing, what, what they find comforting is really going to differ by baby. And so um, at Sleep Shop, we, we often will have moms who consulted us for the first baby, and then they have another one. And some are like, sign me up from the get-go. That was amazing. Um, some are like, you know what? I have, I have an idea. I'm going, I'm going to implement the same way I did with my first. And we're like, all power to you. Go back to that sleep plan. Make sure you're aware of those foundations. And then, you know, maybe two, three, four months in, they'll call us and say, okay, started the same way. I'm kind of stuck. And, and we'll just jump right back in where and when they need us. And so, it really differs by family, um, differs by baby. Some some will have children that are have all very similar sleep needs and, and uh, routines, and some will have vastly different. So really depends upon um, their baby and, and what they're needing guidance with. Can any mom start the program at any time? What do the packages look like? Yes. So we work with babies of all age. We have expected moms that reach out and want to do like a 30 minute consult. Like, what do I need? What do I need to focus on the first couple of weeks? What do I need to do this? Um, and then we have, we have some families that wait until their baby is 10, 11, 12 months old. Um, and then we even have a toddler expert who, who works with toddlers. And so we know toddlers bring a whole different realm of, of challenges. I, I love toddlers. Uh, they're so fun, but uh, they're, they're a whole different realm. And so we work with babies of all ages. And, and one of my first questions when, when moms reach out, another frequently asked question is, what's the right time? I read online that it should be this age or this age. You can start implementing the foundations of healthy sleep from day one um, or as early as you want to. Uh, but it really is when it's right for your family. For some families, it's all about, you know, what is sustainable for your family? What works for your family? And then if there comes a time where that's no longer sustainable or you're needing a change, um, maybe you're heading back to work after maternity leave or your schedule's changed or it's just no longer sustainable to, to 
you know, rock your baby to sleep, which I, I love. I'm a proponent of rocking your baby to sleep. I build in rock time um, with my children. I still put them down awake so they can fall asleep independently, but I, I that's so special. Um, but it's all about when it when it's not, no longer sustainable and if that time comes and then we have families reach out to us and and some families will just reach out and say hey i just need help with a schedule adjustment and we jump in help with that um we're never pushing anything that uh that you you know maybe don't want to do or don't want to implement we just provide that information help you work on your goal and then go from there if someone is listening to this podcast, they're like, wow, I love Alicia. I would not blame you. I love her too. Um, <laughs> and they want to work with you. I guess first, are you accepting new clients? And then does it go to you or you fill out like a form on the website and then someone pairs the client with the consultant? That's a great question. So there's several different ways um, that you can that you can get in touch. One, uh, my Instagram uh, reach out via DM and my email address is on there as well. Um, so, you know, reaching out to me directly via Instagram or email, um, or we do have a contact form on our website. Uh, it asks things like, you know, your name, email address, your baby's age, you know, how you found us. Uh, and then you can put in there if there's a specific consultant that you would like to, to talk to. Um, and then that will be directed. If you're ready to book something specific. If you go on our website, we, we have a different package options, like a 30 minute phone consult, a jumpstart package, the longer packages, which we did Molly, um, they are on there as well. And if you're ready to purchase, you can purchase, then you just put that consultant's name in the notes or comments section at checkout. So um, we have an awesome team of consultants, any and all of them are fantastic. Um, they, and so we are accepting new new families um each consultant's availability is a little bit different we're always very aware of how much we take on because we want to make sure that we're able to give the um attention to the the families that we're working with and with the unlimited support we're aware of how much um each of those takes where they're at in their packages you know as you can imagine when we start a package uh we're talking with that family a lot there's a lot of back and forth those first few days and weeks of, of implementation. And so we take that into account. And, and if I'm not able to, to take you on, I can definitely pair you um, with another consultant who, uh, again, any, any of them are fantastic. I'm like slyly giggling over here because I remember in the very beginning, your name was said so many times in our house between my husband and me. It was like, well, what did Alicia say? Text Alicia, call her. What, what's Alicia gonna recommend now? Please find Alicia. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, we needed you. I, I don't know how people do it without sleep shop. Like I just, it was just so difficult. And I, I think also, I mean, I'm open about it now in the moment. I didn't even re recognize what was happening, but I feel like I had such postpartum depression. I was so sad, so tired, so emotional. It was very difficult for me to implement a strategy for my baby when I couldn't even, you know, get myself together. So having someone that I could rely on, both of us, my husband and me could rely on was like really, really wonderful. Yeah, well, and, and that's something that we are always keeping in mind and cognizant of is, you know, where the families are in that postpartum journey. Um, we know that the exhaustion, the emotions, everything is running so high. And while we send the sleep plan, which we know that that families read through and they're reading through very exhausted and, and it makes sense in the moment, but we're not, when we're answering the text, we're not saying go back to your sleep plan. We're saying, 
do nap time at one o'clock. You know, he's overtired, put him down. Um, just taking it in baby steps instead of this really overwhelming picture of days and nights, this 24 hour period and how am I gonna get sleep? How are they gonna get sleep? feedings, um, different things like that. So we're really breaking it down in the moment, focusing on this specific, I call them the three hour cycles of, of eat, play, sleep, this specific cycle, let's get through this. Um, so often I'm texting tomorrow's a new day. If, if the, the wheels fell off, we just need the baby to nap. It doesn't matter if it is, if he fell asleep independently, um, you know, just take that stress. And that was, that's one thing that we really pride ourselves on at Sleep Shop is being able to take that stress and anxiety off of off of the parents so that they can can make it through this three hour cycle, can enjoy their baby um, and and get as much sleep and rest and predictability in the meantime. You know, what's funny. I feel like you've never had an off day with me. And I don't know if that's because you are like radiating positivity all the time. It seems like you are like anytime we speak, you're just such a breath of fresh air. But kudos to you. I don't know if every sleep shop consultant is like that. I, I just like applaud you for being so kind because there's, there was never a time where what you said, like it was never go back and read what I sent you or, oh, that was on page three, like anything like that. It was just like helping me in the moment and like guiding us through, which I really appreciate. And I don't know how you're so kind, but you are. Oh, well, thank you. You know, it's, it's, um, I, I am human and I know that there are, I have off days. I have off moments. Uh, we all do, especially as uh, moms and, and, uh, within our, within our families, but I can speak that the, the, all the consultants at Sleep Shop are so kind. That was one of the reasons why I was so drawn to, to be part of the Sleep Shop team, because all of the consultants are just so kind. So they just want to help. We, we just want to help. Um, we're, we're moms. We know what it's like. And we appreciate the connection too, because there are times when um, I'll text and say, I'm so sorry for the delayed response. My little one's sick. And, and my, the response is first and foremost, how is your daughter? You know, and the next day, how is your daughter? And it, it's just, it's that true connection that, that, every family, you know, when we connect with just shows each other. And so it goes vice versa. We are so, so blessed with the clients that we get to work with because they're just as caring and kind back to us. That is so sweet. How did you get into sleep shop? How did you get into sleep training? All of this, what's your background? Tell us. <laughs> okay, so my background um, prior to sleep shop is, is actually on the other end of the spectrum. So um, I spent eight years in nursing home administration. So I have a nursing home administrator's license. Um, it was a deep passion of mine through, through um, my grandmother. And so I, when I was uh, deciphering what I wanted to do, as we all do, um, I was drawn, drawn to the geriatric population the pediatric population. I was like, okay, now where is this going to cross? Um, but initially I went uh, through the geriatric population. I became, um, I got married. I became a mom of two. And that's really where that interest in sleep and routine, as I mentioned earlier, I'm very type A. I, you know, my husband and I thrive on a routine, a schedule. Um, and, and so Whenever I was expecting my first, I was, you know, okay, what is their day going to look like? What is sleep going to look like? You know, we, we all say parenting doesn't come with a manual. And so we, we turn to these, we turn to mom friends, we turn to family, we turn to books, we turn to anything that we can, Instagram accounts to help us 
build our tool belt to be the best parents that we can. And so um, that was what I did. And then with my son, um, I did the very same thing. And as I mentioned earlier, he was a little bit different. So I had to do a little bit more research and a little bit more following on Instagram to find out uh, those different things. But I really loved it. I loved the the um, science behind it. And, and, and so once I really dug more into it, I and my my children were sleeping so well, I had friends reach out and, you know, how'd you do this? And I really loved connecting with them and being a resource to them, not only on anything um, sleeper related, but really mother related. I had a couple of friends that had babies um, like six months to a year ahead of me, and they were like my go-tos. And having that was the best thing ever. And so I was like, if I can be that for someone else, that's awesome. And um, actually followed a couple of sleep shop, sleep shop consultants and they were just so wonderful. I was like, wow, this is like a thing people do for a job. That's, that's awesome. Um, so I got a little bit more information and became certified through the Institute of Pediatric Sleep and Parenting. And um, at that time was looking to step back from, from corporate, um, have a little bit more flexibility, having two young children. And so it was, it was the perfect leap from the two ends of the spectrum that I had always wanted. And so now here I am, I've been with Sleep Shop for two years and, and I love it. I love the people that I get to work with. And it truly is, as I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, so fulfilling. And, and so that's, that's my journey and how, how I got here, what my background is, um, what it means to be certified. You go through, you know, um, courses and classwork and, you know, testing to get your certification. And, and so that's, um, that's how I ended up here. So you're legit. What you're telling us is that you're legit. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to think so, but and when it comes to routine and sleep, but you know, we're still still learning, still learning new things, and every baby's different. So yes. each family I work with, you know, I'm learning, um, you know, that unique situation as well. Totally. I put up a question box a week or two ago on Instagram, and I'm going to go through some of those questions now oh, and see you. what you think. Okay. Yeah. Um, how do babies learn to sleep comfortably on their tummy and not freak out? Do you remember this with Ollie? Yes. <laughs> oh I was like, what is happening every time I put him in the crib for like two weeks straight? Yeah, this is um, such an exciting milestone. Like the first time that our babies roll over, we're like, oh my gosh. And then we put them down to sleep and we're like, what just happened? Um, I'm not so excited about this milestone. Uh, rolling can be one of the biggest sleep interrupters, but they do get past it. Um, and so a couple of tips that I would, that I would give is what, during their awake time, during their wake windows, do lots of practice of rolling. And even, um, especially when they're rolling back to tummy, give them some time to play there. Let them know that it's okay. You know, get down on their level, let them be on their tummy, um, and then practice rolling back so that Truly, if they want to be on their back, they can roll back. Um, I always recommend, you know, reading the AAP guidance anytime you have a question on if it's okay to do something. Read the AAP guidance, chat with your pediatrician. The AAP says that once your baby can comfortably roll both ways, that they're okay sleeping on their tummy. And so a lot of babies become tummy sleepers because they can finally get somewhere on their own. They can get comfortable. But what happens is they become so obsessed with their this new skill, um, they get in their crib or they roll in their lighter sleep period where they're more active and it's more like startling like how did I get here they wake up how did I get here and so um 
practicing rolling, even practicing in the crib during their awake time can help them be familiar with that environment as well. And then as they get more comfortable, try not to play the flip game uh, where you're going in flipping back and forth uh, as long as you get that okay and, and they meet that that recommendation of being comfortably flipping. Um, the other really important thing to note about rolling is when they're close to rolling, or if they have rolled, they definitely have to come out of the swaddle. It's not safe for them to have their arms. So if they're early rollers, which we can even see it rolling to your tummy as early as three to four months. So um, if they are early rollers, then have to come out of the swaddle and into a sleep sack just for safety. Okay, next on the list is do you follow the 12 hours by 12 weeks principle? As I mentioned earlier, the foundations of pediatric sleep and building those healthy sleep habits are the same. Um, I, I tend to say that every baby's unique. And so it, when they can go 12 hours, when they're ready for 12 hours, when they're ready for an earlier bedtime, when they're ready for longer stretches in between feedings is really dependent upon each baby where they're at developmentally. Um, so is it possible for 12 hours by 12 weeks? Yes, it is. Um, but I don't want a mom whose baby is maybe older and not sleeping that long to feel discouraged or that they've done something wrong or anything like that. Because each baby's situation truly is unique. And there's some babies that um, aren't ready to go that long stretch at that time. So yes and no, that's a yes and no question. <laughs> really take it uh, case by case. It makes sense, honestly. Um, how do you figure out sleep when baby is cluster feeding? That's a great question. Um, and cluster feeding is very normal for newborns. So what happens, and cluster feeding is, is fine, especially in those first, uh, during the witching hours, or if your baby is colicky and having a hard time settling. But what we're, what we're working towards is more consistent feedings fuller feedings so that they can go longer in between. If they can go longer in between their feedings, then for those first few weeks, we're, we're aiming for about two to three hours. And then as they get older, it's more consistently three hours. And, and can, as they even get older, can go longer. But um, the things that we're working on is that they get a full feeding so that they can have a little bit of awake time and a good nap. If they're only taking enough that's going to keep them content for, let's say, 30 minutes to an hour, they're not going to get a good restorative nap. And so it's very normal that babies get into what we call a snacking and catnapping cycle. Um, eating is a very exhausting task for babies, especially in those first couple of weeks. And so we'll see babies, you know, um, eat for maybe 10, 15 minutes and fall asleep. And mom's like, yes, they're asleep, lay them down. And then they only sleep for 15 or 30 minutes because they truly didn't get full. And so that snacking and catnapping cycle is keeping baby from getting full feeding so that they can take a longer nap. Um, and it's something you just have to work towards, especially in those first few weeks when they are so sleepy eating. I remember this with both of my babies and, and something that I work pretty intensively on with newborns moms is keeping baby awake. It's quite opposite of what you think, keeping baby awake enough for a full feeding. Um, sometimes that's rubbing their hands, rubbing their feet, massaging their torso, rubbing their little head, um, getting skin to skin, just to keep them awake so that they're actively eating for, for a good amount of time so that they're full and then they can take their nap and they can go more of that two to three hours. So again, nothing wrong with cluster feeding during those times where we just need them to, those witching hours, those, those colicky times. Um, but overall, our goal is to get some longer periods between, um, between the feedings. 
that was like my number one goal in the beginning, because I don't know if you remember, but Ollie was constantly cluster feeding constantly. And he only was having a little bit of milk. Turns out we went away from nursing and just went to pumping, but that was a huge problem because exactly what you said, he would fall asleep on the boob or he would, I would put him down. He would sleep for 10 to 15 minutes and then wake up within five. And I was like, what is going on? But as soon as he had his like full amount of ounces that he needed for that, you know, hour to two time slot, it was like a game changer. It is. I tell expected moms or newborn moms, don't overwhelm yourself. Go to the basics. We need them to eat well. And so eating actually comes, eating is going to feed sleeping. Um, eating comes. And so first, you know, get them really good full feedings and, and then the sleeping will, will um, follow suit. And that's one of the reasons why we encourage an eat, play, sleep. Now for newborns, the play portion of it is very limited. It's more just a burp, diaper change and swaddle up for the next nap. Um, but eating, offering that feeding upon waking from their nap. And yes, that means waking them sometimes. Uh, really helps because they're rested. They just had a good nap. So they're rested for a good full feeding. Uh, whereas if a lot of times people will say, well, can I feed before sleeping? Um, that's where if, if they're going into a feeding already sleepy, they're going to fall asleep pretty quickly into the feeding. Yes, that was a thousand percent us. And we have moved past that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you recommend an adjusted schedule when flying or for long drives? That, that I get that question a lot, um, travel tips. I would say, keep in mind your baby's best time of day. And for most babies, that's the first half of their day. And we know that those afternoon hours, especially the younger the baby is, are a little bit more unpredictable. They fight naps. They If they have witching hour or um, their little digestive systems get more upset in the evening. So I would just say, keep that in mind. Don't expect that your baby's gonna nap at the exact same time times if you're on the go or you know flying keep those things in mind but it's much more pleasant traveling with a happy baby they may not be asleep but a happy content baby versus that afternoon evening time where things start to get a little crazy and so that would be my recommendation for scheduling travel arrangements what is a big misconception about sleep training the biggest misconception about sleep training is that it's crying it out um, the, it, it's so often thought when someone says I'm sleep training, oh, you're letting your baby cry it out, which as you know, is not the case. Um, and, totally. and that's where a lot of times you'll see that, you know, you can't start sleep training until four to five months when they develop more of that self soothing, um, uh, capability. When we're working with newborns, we're not necessarily sleep training, depending upon how you look at it, um, and what you consider sleep training. Um, I consider sleep training is really just building building those foundations from day one, full feedings, eat, play, sleep, those type of things that involve no tears. And so um, the, that I would say is the biggest misconception and that a lot of, you'll hear a lot of people talk about. I get that question often in my DMs or not even a question. Someone will just like assume I'll say like, oh yeah, I'm doing sleep training with Leisha. And someone will be like, oh, so you're letting people cry it out. I'm like, I didn't say that. Why are people coming at me? <laughs> yes. And a lot of in my DMs, um, do you do you recommend cry it out? Do you recommend cry it out? And my first thing is always going to be that I'm going to do a full assessment. The answer is no, but I am going to do a full assessment of your baby because teaching independent sleep, which is where a lot of cry it out um, language comes comes from, is just one 
of the five components. And there are several ways to teach your baby independent sleep. And so um, I always try to go in the gentlest way and getting to know your baby, what age they are um, with as little tears as possible. And so it's it's so much more than teaching your baby independent sleep. It is making sure their sleep pressure is good, um, which you know involves wake windows and total day sleep. What are their feedings look like? Because if they're waking in the middle of the night, they may truly need those feedings and we may need to more work towards reallocating ounces. And so, um, yes, it's, it's way more in uh, detail than just, you know, teaching your little one to fall asleep independently. Mm -hmm. Can babies be sleep trained and go to daycare? Yes, we work with a lot of daycare babies. Um, I, I always recommend for families that are, uh, have little ones in daycare and they're coming on with me and we're, we're doing a full assessment and trying to figure things out starting on a weekend so that you have control for the first few days uh, just to be able to communicate back and forth with me. But a lot of daycares are open to especially what works best for your baby. And so giving them, especially in those that first um, year of life, when each baby's on a little bit different schedule, they're not more in that, you know, two to three year old daycare class where their naps are at a specific time. But yeah, Yes, you can absolutely work on these foundations, collaborate with daycare, tell them what works best for your baby when your baby eats. Um, and if it makes their lives easier, they're going to be receptive to it. Most, most daycares are receptive to it and they want what's best for the, for the baby. So, um, and that's something that we really adjust. I have a lot of moms that will text me at 4.30 or 5, just picked, you know, Ollie up from daycare. This is how much he napped. What do I do this evening? Because we know that daycare, it's more stimulating. They may not sleep as well. And so sometimes we have to do a lot of cat naps, bridge naps, and early bedtimes um, in those situations. When you leave the hospital, not you, when a new mom leaves the hospital and brings baby home, what are some staples that should be there? And do you recommend, this was a question, do you recommend from the hospital to a crib or from the hospital to a bassinet? Okay, so um, I'm going to answer the latter part of that question first, because that's one of the first things I, I bring up is making sure you have a safe place for baby, a, a bassinet, and the AP recommends room sharing um, with your baby. And so uh, a bassinet uh, that has a, a firm crib, tight-fitting crib mattress with nothing in the cribs for a safe place for baby. So that's my first recommendation. Um, a, a Velcro swaddle. A lot of moms will say, my baby doesn't like the swaddle or we're not swaddling. The reason why we swaddle there's there's two reasons one it's very comforting because think of how compact they were in womb um so it's it's a very familiar in this world seems so big to them and so especially when we're putting them down and into a bassinet that's a big space when they came from the comfort of of our tummy so um it keeps them you know snug as well as babies are born with startle reflex and so uh keeping that from waking them or that falling reflex it keeps them from waking themselves up and so that velcro swaddle can keep keep that from being a sleep disruptor. Uh, my favorite Velcro swaddle is the Ollie swaddle. Um, it's a fantastic one, uh, but there are several different out there. So I would recommend that. A, a sound machine, specifically white noise, that sounds like in utero, it's very soothing to them. Um, it, it, it blocks out outside noise as your baby gets older. And for the first four weeks, you'll probably notice that they can sleep about anywhere. You may have them out in the living room as you're trying to flip 
days and nights. But as they hit that four to five week mark, you'll notice that they're becoming more awake, alert, distracted. And so that's when it can be helpful to make sure that sleep environment is dark, sound machine on, swaddle, all the things to help make those naps more successful as they get more alert and awake. Um, so other than those three things, um, those are really the staples, a safe place for them to sleep, a swaddle, a sound machine, and blackout shades or curtains. Um, this is especially important as your baby gets older. Uh, and a lot of, I know that they're not pretty, um, but if you can get some shades, there's Amazon ones that are like peel and stick. So you can peel and stick them, tape the sides, put the pretty curtains on top of them. Um, but any amount of light coming in can suppress the hormone melatonin, which is gonna make it harder for them to fall back asleep if they wake up you know, in the early morning or in the middle of a nap. Um, so that's another staple for, for making sure that the naps are successful and that you can get past that 6 a.m. timeframe when a lot of babies start to rise with the sun. I love all of those recommendations. We have each of those things and they have changed Ollie's sleep and our mental state <laughs> completely. Yeah. And one thing I'll, I'll note on top of the sound machine that we often forget about um, is a portable sound machine because we all need and want to be on the go. We can't um, just completely stay home and revolve our lives around naps 24-7, uh, even if it's getting out for a walk. Put the portable sound machine um, on, or if you're in the car, turn the portable sound machine on when it would be normally their nap time or if you're traveling. Um, so a portable sound machine can be so, so helpful. And it's something often that I see uh, forgotten on the registry. So that's a good thing to keep in mind too, if you're getting a new mom a gift. Honestly, I want to piggyback off what you just said, because that was something really hard for me to overcome. I got so used to the routine and I loved how well he was receptive to the sleep schedule, but it actually was preventing me from like living my life, which sounds so dramatic, but I'm serious. Oh, like, so true. I just, I felt like I had to be on the ball 24 seven, make sure I was home. And now finally, like five, six months in, I'm like, taking him for errands or when we go to like a family dinner, I just have to like remind myself that it's okay. He might get that last nap of the day shortened. He might miss it completely. His bedtime might be moved back, whatever it is. It's more important to stay consistent over a long time than have perfection every single day. That is seriously just needs to be recorded and replayed and replayed. And replayed. <laughs> is so perfect. And I have, I, I think that there's a lot of hesitancy for moms to get their babies on a schedule. Maybe they're not type A um, and they're like, I, I can't operate around a nap schedule or, or, you know, that doesn't mean you have to stay home and revolve your life around naps. I'm going to tell you, go to the birthday party, go to the family dinner. Yes, there's going to be times where you're out past their bedtime. Tomorrow's a new day. And the better you know your baby's schedule, the more you can adjust and you know how to adjust so that the wheels don't completely fall off. Um, and, and so I know that it, especially when you get into a good routine, like I'll wrap with, with, um, families and they're like, okay, well, I know how to do it at home, but what do I do now? And so we'll, we'll do a lot of talking of, yes, you need to go to Target and you need to, you need to go to the birthday party and you need to do these things. And here's how you adjust. And now that you know that your baby's total day sleep is 
four hours, you know that if a nap is shorter, that the next nap may need to be a little bit longer or an earlier bedtime or such, just to keep your baby, um, you know, in sync and, and receiving the, the sleep that they need. But they will, the next day, they will be able to pick back up and get back into their normal routine. And we love that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and I do that with my own too. Like it's it's all about um, a flexible schedule, not rigid. You have to know uh, what what can be adjusted and what are your stand firm boundaries. You know, we all have kids that get sick, and whenever that happens, every rule goes out the window, and and we we may rock our babies to sleep. Maybe they are falling asleep independently, and we we want to cuddle and make sure that that always going to be my recommendation. I had a little one just sick and, you know, I slept on his floor because that made me feel better. That made him feel better. And the next night he was like, mom, are you going to sleep on my floor? And I was like, no, you're all better. And was it a little bit more difficult? Was he kind of like, what? That was kind of interesting. Yeah. But, you know, then we got back into the routine. And so there are times where you're going to have to adjust a little bit and, and go off, uh, off schedule. Um, and, and you'll get back on because like you said, what you do in the long term is what sticks and what makes the routine and, and what their expectation is. Um, and, and they will adjust when you get back on. hundred mm -hmm. percent. This is a question that I want to know since you're working with so many babies all across the country, do you see a trend in names? You know, it really is fun. So I had, um, yes. I, I don't even know. I think I may have had two or three that have the same names, but I love hearing names and I love hearing the story behind names too. I was actually working with, this was a little over a year ago. I was working with, with a family um, that, I, that I worked with for a long period of time, just loved them dearly. And one of my friends was expecting and, um, and I loved his name too. When I, when I started working with them, but she was like going through names and I'm like, you need to use this name. Like I, you know, in little ones make names too. So it's been fun. I've been able to give friends ideas as they're having babies. Like this is a really, I haven't heard this baby name before. So yeah, it, I love hearing baby names. Um, but I haven't had like, like a, a wave of the same names, which is interesting. Uh, everyone That's good really unique you know you have some really traditional names you have some really different names you have family names and so it's always fun to see um see what names people come up with why don't we wrap up with how people can find you what your instagram is what your email is any other resources to find you and then i ask everyone this what is your favorite product it doesn't have to be in the baby round it can be anything at all Okay, um, so you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Alicia underscore sleep shop and any of the sleep shop consultants, that's what their um, Instagram handle is. And our main uh, sleep shop Instagram is at sleep shop consulting. So our founder, Melissa Brown, who is amazing. She's the sleep queen. Um, that, that's her Instagram account. She has so much good information on there. Uh, my email address is Alicia Shook at sleepshopconsulting.com. So you can reach out to me at any of those places as well as on our website. My favorite product, and, and I've been thinking about this one. Um, so, and I'm standing by my, my decision. Last time we, we talked about this, I, I didn't know, I was like, 
paralyzed. And I looked over my Stanley, which is like my third hand was sitting here. And I was like, my Stanley, which it, it is. I just take it. It sounds like such an Instagram answer. Um, and it, it truly is. I take it everywhere. Um, I, I keep it full of water to help me drink more water. So that's like a healthy product, right? And then I'm going to talk about baby sleep products too. My other favorite baby sleep product that I forgot to mention earlier, because that's what people are probably more interested in than my Stanley, um, sleep sacks. So I talked about my favorite sleep swaddle, which is the Ollie. My favorite sleep sack is the Kite Baby sleep sack. Um, they are fantastic. And actually the Ollie world actually just came out with a sleep sack. I don't know if they're calling it a sleep sack. It's, called, it's the Alfie. Um, and I haven't tried it yet, but I, from knowing that I love their swaddle, I'm sure that I would love their sleep sack too. So that would be something to, to check out as well. I have a funny story about the Stanley. My husband got me that this year for Hanukkah and I opened it and I was like, wait, what? And he's like, I remember you said this a year ago that you thought it was cool and you wanted one. So I thought that would be a cute present to start off Hanukkah this year. And I think I disappointed him because I was like, but I have a water bottle and it works. I have a Contigo. And he's like, wow. He's like, honestly, I'm actually proud of you for not wanting this just because it's cool. So I got, he returned it and now I regret it because maybe I, maybe I should have kept it. I don't know. People love it. You know, it. I think what, what was different and I don't have like another one to compare all my other ones, like don't have a handle. So I think the handle is what was the game changer for me. Um, I don't know that it's like anything different than, than that, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> I could see my husband doing that too. It's like, I'm really proud of you for not um, making that big of a deal about it. But yeah, I, I was I was cracking up last time we talked. I'm like, that's really the best I could come up with. But when you have something all the time, it's that's uh, that's the go-to. I'm sure girls listening are going to love that answer. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was phenomenal. I think there'll be a lot of questions coming in. So maybe we can do a part two sometime. And I hope for everyone who is listening, please send Alicia all of your questions and I hope you work with her like I worked with her. Yes, yes I look forward to connecting with so many of you and I do a lot of question boxes on my Instagram. So oh, watch yes. my Instagram. Um, questions are awesome or your Q&As are awesome. I always learn something, which is crazy considering I have you like on call, but every time I watch. It's good to learn from others' questions as well. A lot of times I see the same questions coming in, or if your baby's not to that stage yet, you can kind of, you know, think, see what's going on around six or seven months of age. And so it it's a, a tiny snapshot. It's usually not like the full picture, but if I can give you something to, to think about or work on or to look more at, and then if we need to dive in more to a package, um, then we can. But I like that, that communication. I get to connect with so many wonderful families, even just through Instagram, um, even if I don't work with them on a one-on-one -on -one, just being that that resource means a lot to me it's so nice to see thank you for everything that you do you've helped our family a lot well, I love your family thank you so much for the opportunity and thanks for having me on today this was so fun my pleasure this was great thank you thank you if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share with your friends, family, loved ones, really anyone who you think would gain value from this episode. And if you're feeling up for it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It means so, so much.